Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Activate Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Activate. So the title of my message today is Wholehearted. Happy Australia Day. <laughs> Why don't you turn your neighbor and just smile at him and say, Wholehearted. That's it. Come on. Some of you are like, I'm not looking at anybody. I don't want to interact with anyone. I want to get this over and done with. I didn't come to church to meet with people. I got a religious obligation to fulfill today. Can we just check this off our list? So let me take you back to 1989. Anyone remember 1989? <clears throat> anyone here born in the 90s? Sorry, sorry. I went to... Anyone here born in the 2000s? Oh my goodness. It's weird now that people born after the year 2000 are driving cars, legally. Say what? So back in 1989, I was 13, and my older brother Paul, who was a number of years older than me, um, was accepted into a a tertiary course and went off to Adelaide. He went to Bible college and and moved away. I can remember standing in the the V-Line bus car park in Shepparton, um, waving my big brother who I really looked up to and admired and I watched him go away and I remember being in the car park just like <gasps> broken hearted my brother's leaving and uh, I remember that moment you know when you just saw someone you really love just leave out of your life anyone know what I'm talking about um, some of you are like when my kids left home and others you're like I can't wait till my kids leave home <laughs> um, you know a, a couple of years later 1992 teenager the romantic sort of things are starting to happen in my life. There's this beautiful girl. And in the olden days, kids, um, there was no mobile phones. You couldn't text people. You couldn't online friend them, DM. You couldn't do any of that sort of stuff. You had to do this thing like you had to pick up a phone that was attached to the wall in the middle of the living room and call someone and everyone else could listen to your conversation. Or you had to even do something even more daring. You had to go and talk to someone before interacting with them online. So in the olden days. Um, and so in 1992, I, I picked up the phone and I was ringing and, and trying to build this connection with this beautiful young girl um, that I'd met through our church family. And um, we are both teenagers, both in high school. And I uh, got the courage one day. I walked across the room and I said, would you like to go out with me? And she said, flat out, no. <laughs> you know, teenage boy, put your heart on the line, take the risk, broken hearted. Can I hear an aww? Well, I want to tell you, many years later, she's now my wife of 21 years. Persistence pays off, gentlemen. Persistence pays off, gentlemen. There's a fine line between stalking and persistence. No means no most of the time, but not all the time. You've got it's just a fine line there, you know, but it's worth persisting. And, and, and I'm telling you some, you know, teenage schoolyard examples, but we've all got reasons why we're broken hearted, haven't we? You know, we've had those moments of pain and difficulty and, and those sort of things in our life. And I, I'd say they're schoolyard examples, and, um, but all of us, stick around long enough, you'll have your heart broken by things in our life. But the invitation that Jesus gives to us is to live a wholehearted life, to love him wholeheartedly. With all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, he he invites us to love one another with a whole heart, not half-hearted, not broke-hearted. And why is that so so important? Because the Father has designed us to do that. When we do things half-hearted, cold-hearted, broken-hearted, we're not living in the design that God has for us. He understands the pain of having a broken heart. He does. 
He understands that we're not actually we're designed for the garden, not for this earth. That's why we feel pain is because we weren't designed to have brokenness in our lives. And so he understands our design and thus wants us and invites us into that place of wholehearted living where we can love him and love others with a whole heart. He understands the pain and he understands the the limitations that that pain brings into our life. So one of Jesus' main roles was to heal broken hearts. His intention is for us to live with a whole heart, and he's designed us to live wholeheartedly, and so our walk would bring us to a place of a whole heart. Not a perfect heart, not getting it all right, but a whole heart. And his kingdom is a wholehearted place where people do things with their whole heart. They love passionately, they live passionately, they do that. And um, so let's look at Jesus' intention and his, as he's announcing his role description. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Luke chapter 4. I said that one earlier, so I know you already got it ready. And um, Luke chapter 4, Jesus stands in the temple and he reads from the prophet Isaiah and he announces his role description, what he's here to do. Are you ready for this? Many of you would find this familiar. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. It's his desire, it's his role to look for broken things and bring healing to it. His role is to heal the brokenhearted. And the purpose is so that we can love God and love others with a whole heart. Just turn your neighbor again, smile at him, say wholehearted. 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 That's it. Anyone got a anyone got a cold neighbor at the moment? Try and warm them up by the end of this. Try and warm them up. It's been Okay, so all of us have been on a journey, and um, all of us have our story, right? We've all got that story, so it's not like a preach this morning. It's like I'm just unfolding some things that God has for us, and I'm going to give you some points that we can all work on that are going to help you in 2019 live the way God wants you to approach the vision that your pastor's bringing to your church to approach the things and responsibilities and challenges that God's placing in your life. We're going to walk out of here today knowing how to do that internally so what we do on the outside can be fully fulfilled and accomplished. So the Father wants us to walk through our story of pain, difficulty, challenge, whatever that is, to a place of wholeness. And I gave two really schoolyard, minute examples and... If I left it at that, you might not be able to get the whole context of what God's doing. And so the most powerful illustration I can give you this is not probably other people's story, but my story. Because if you just looked at me right now, you'd probably think, oh, yeah, he's getting older. He's got grain in his beard. And uh, everything's probably just fine in his life and all those sort of things. That's what we do. We snapshot the outside, the public persona of people, not realizing that everyone's got their whole story behind them. And, um, and my story is a story of brokenness, just like so many people on every row here have got their own journey of difficulty and challenge. Um, I had parents who loved me, but my family story involved lots of sexual abuse in my family, lots of difficult moments as a teenager and a young adult because of those things that happened in my life as a young person, um, and then into my adult life of uh, injury, betrayal, even as a young pastor, just some of the broken relationships that I had of people I looked up to in leadership and their, their shortcomings and impact on my life. And, and, and so the pain story in my life, it might be different to yours. You might have sickness and illness and injury that have happened to your life, a broken relationship. Maybe you lost someone close. But I can tell you that God can take you through that to a place of healing, freedom, joy, wholeness. 
And I want to tell you today, I stand here today, a result of God's healing and wholeness that he wants to bring into your life, I have that in my life. And so what God has done in my life, he wants to do in your life so that you can fulfill the purpose that he has for you to worship him and to serve others and to love others wholeheartedly in your life. And, and so uh, I'm here to tell you that God has greater things on the other side of pain. God has a whole place for you to live instead of a broken place. And today I want to offer you just a number of the revelations that God's given me as we go on the journey. So the first one that I really feel will help you as we understand this is that we've got to understand that we are spirit, soul, and body. This was helpful for me. I'd heard this many times as a young person after I gave my life to Jesus at 15. I'd hear this phrase. But if we understand that, it'll help us because often as Christians, we focus on the spirit side of our body and can easily, not willfully, but just sometimes easily ignore the physical and the emotional part of our life that God has designed us. God is a tripartite God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's designed us in three parts, spirit, soul, and body. So we have to understand that we can be brokenhearted because we are spirit, soul, and body in our lives. And uh, we must pay attention to how he made us. And so what is our soul? It's our mind, will, and our emotions. We often refer to that as our heart. So they work together, the mind, will, and emotions to form our heart. And all three parts, spirit, soul, and body, must be God's designed us to be so full of life, the abundant life that he has, so that we can do what he's called us to do. Uh, I love the letter that um, John wrote, the very short letter, Third John. He says, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health physically just as your soul prospers. Father wants you to prosper in spirit, soul, and body. He wants you to be new and alive in your spirit, new life in the spirit. We, we, Ruth, you led us so well earlier in our communion as the resurrection life in our spirit. The weight of sin's been thrown off our life. We've been offered uh, righteousness through the work on the cross. But he also wants, doesn't want us to live down in our emotions, but spiritually alive. But we're dysfunctional or not healthy and strong and capable and overflowing with abundant life in our emotions or in our physical body. God wants us to, in every part of who we are, they're all connected. And so... The spirit is the place of faith, and unwisely, many of us Christians, we can ignore the role and the place of the soul and the body, or we don't place value on having a healthy body and a healthy soul. And, and so I learned that I could have good faith, but an unhealthy soul. And I thought I had a faith problem, but I just had a soul problem. And so in my journey, I had to unpack a lot of those things to discuss. Because I'm like, what's wrong with my faith? And the Holy Spirit said, there's nothing wrong with your faith. Your faith's good. It's just your soul. Your mind, will, and your emotions has got to a very low and difficult point, and I'm going to help you rebuild that. Um, you, know, I, you know, Jesus actually had times where his soul was unwell. If it can happen to him, it can happen to us. Some of you are like, no, Jesus could never have a problem in his soul. He could never have an unwell mind, will, or emotions. Let's look at the scripture. Matthew 26, Jesus said as he was praying in the garden, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. Wow. If Jesus can get to a place where his soul has sorrow, then I can and you can. John 12 verse 27, Jesus said, My soul is troubled. As he looked and he saw the condition and the state of people, he said, My soul is troubled. If Jesus Jesus can get to a place where his soul is troubled, then so can you and so can I. Just take a big sigh of relief. Because we think we need to have a perfect heart. He just wants us to have a whole heart. 
So Jesus had a troubled soul. My goodness, that actually makes me feel so much more relieved. So much that it affected his body. His soul was so impacted that it affected his body. And even when he was in the garden saying his soul was overwhelmed, his body was starting to respond in such a way because of the trauma on his mind, will, and emotions, his soul, that he started to sweat drops of blood. So the impact of stress, anxiety, all those sort of things that we, that we wrestle with, Jesus knows that and can identify with those same things that we have in our own life as we face the challenges that we face and the things that we have. So the mind, will, and emotions, our soul are connected to our body, connected to our spirit, and our Father wants us to be wholehearted. We have to understand that he wants us to be wholehearted, and he wants us to be able to love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength, everything in us. And his, his intention is that he would come to heal the brokenhearted. And God has designed us to live wholeheartedly. He's looking for broken things. So if, there's, if you feel like, Pastor Michael, this seems like a pretty low sort of vibe in this service today. I thought you were going to sort of pump me up for the year ahead. Or just get me through to Tuesday at least. Come on. You know, I want you to understand that when he looks for brokenness, it's not to shame us or make us feel less than it's to bring healing. What we hide, he can't heal. So when he identifies that, he brings it into the light, it's because he wants to bring healing into it. And we'll always be as sick as our secrets, I heard someone say. So what we open up to God and to his people and to his word and to his presence, he brings healing into it so that we can do what he's called us to do. So that in this openness of sharing with God and others the, the broken parts of our lives, there is healing, strength, power, wholeness that is, and we can fulfill the instruction and commandment that he's given us in our lives. Come on, someone say amen to that. So he's looking for broken things to bring healing. You know, even today, he's looking for broken emotions, broken minds. He's looking for broken relationships. He's looking for broken health in our physical bodies. He's looking for broken um, dreams. He's looking for broken potential. And he wants to bring life and wholeness and fullness to that so that he can fulfill everything that he's got. So We've covered some of, the, some of that revelation of spirit, soul, and body. I want us to briefly look at the cause of that. Um, there's why, why, how do we end up with a broken heart? I said earlier, we weren't designed to live in this world. We're designed to live in the garden in right relationship with God. So there's four things that I see um, that really bring brokenness into our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. First one is injury. Someone does something and it injures us, uh, whether it was deliberate and they were malicious towards us, or it was a total accident. They didn't mean to, but it happened in our life. And that causes, and then we end up with a broken heart. I've I got good friends uh, who have been involved in car accidents and workplace injuries. And it broke their heart, the impact on their life and the, the course it's changed over their life. And it brought that. It wasn't meaningful, but it happened. And others have been the, uh, received the impact of deliberate injury on their life. Sin is the second thing I see causes broken heart. Sin from others in, impacting our life. And then also sin in our own life. Sin in our own life breaks our own heart. First Peter chapter 2 says, Abstain from sin. This is a father in the faith writing to people he really cares about. And he says, Abstain from sin, not so much because it's right or wrong, although it is wrong. It's because it wars against your soul. So 
It wars against your soul. He said, sin in your life will break you down from the inside. People may not know what's going on, but it's breaking you down on the inside. So living the way God has for us will lead us to a place of wholeness. Fear and anxiety will bring us to a place of a broken heart. The third thing I see, um, Timothy was given the responsibility way beyond his years and experience and training to go and lead uh, the whole group of churches in Crete. And Paul spoke over him. He says, hey, Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Why did he say that? Because anxiety breaks us down from the inside. So that's how we can end up with an unwell soul, a broken heart. And the other thing I really see doing that is selfishness. Selfishness, uh, we, we think we're getting what we want, but we end up breaking ourselves down in our mind, will, and our emotions, in our soul. It's the paradox of Jesus' teaching. He said, lose your life to find it. Yeah. And he said in Matthew chapter 16, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, get whatever we want, yet lose our soul? Yeah. I mean, I've been around a little while now. And I've seen people at the top of the pile, and I've seen people at the bottom of the pile, and both can have broken souls. So God's looking for who we are on the inside to be right, so we can fulfill what's on the outside. Who we are to him is more important. So you can get everything you want in life, yet still have a broken heart, still have a a bankrupt soul. God wants us to prosper and be in health on the inside so everything else in our life. So they're the causes of an unwell soul. And, and Jesus promises in Matthew 11, says, Come to me, all you who are weary, burdened, heavy laden, broken in heart, and I'll give you rest for your soul. So here's the third revelation I've had, uh, is that wholehearted is not half-hearted. And, and when we're invited into this, we're invited into a place of wholehearted living, passionate living. And, and that means to risk greatly. Because we tried it. Remember when you did that? When you went, you went wholeheartedly into a relationship and then it hurt, blew up, broke down, didn't happen, didn't finish the way we wanted it to do. And now we go into other relationships and we protect ourselves. Yeah, I'm getting these. I haven't seen many of these yet. We'll get to that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because we do that. Because we're like, that really hurt. Because I gave everything in that moment. I opened my heart entirely up. And if our Heavenly Father is inviting us and commanding us to love him wholeheartedly, that means there's quite a bit of risk involved with this. There's quite a bit of risk because... We went into business partnership with that person. We believed the best. We invested money. They ripped us off. I'm not going to do that ever again. Now, God wants us to be not naive again, but he wants us to be wholehearted. We, we step into a romantic relationship and we give it everything and it does not go the way we wanted it to go because we found out we married flaws as well as strengths. I mean, you married them for the good parts but you also get the bad parts. And when they, when they overtake the good parts and it breaks down, whether it's final or just for a season, it's just not working really well, we can, then, we can stay married, but we can close our hearts right up. Yeah. Or we can, if we end up in a place where the marriage is finalized and we're divorced and we're like, I'll never open my heart again. It can happen in church life. 
where I gave God everything and I served in his body and I just went for it and it was amazing. And then what happened? Oh, that's right. His body is people. And then they let me down and my pastor let me down and my small group leader let me down and my kids let me down and they're supposed to be Christians. And, uh, you know... They're pastor's kids, they're like. And, and we're like, I'll never do that again. Half-hearted is not whole-hearted. So the revelation is that we have to be able to get to a place. God is inviting us to a place where we, we can function, live, and love wholeheartedly. Whether it's in our relationships, in our family, whether it's in our workplace, I'll never trust my boss again. Um, you know, all those sort of things that we go through or back into the body of Christ. He's inviting us, commanding us and enabling us to do that wholeheartedly. Half-hearted is not wholehearted. And so we've, we learn to function with enough distance or limit to reserve a level of perfection and keep things out here, but it's not wholehearted living. You know, have you ever been in a relationship with a half-hearted person? Where you knew they're not giving as much as you? So let's keep your elbows in right now. Just like. It's not the same. Like you're, you're working on a project at work and you're just going for it. You're doing the hours after time and you know they're just slacking on and just coasting on your efforts and that sort of thing. You're, for those of you who are studying, you know your group project is the worst idea in the world. Group project. That's like an oxymoron. Doesn't even... You know, shouldn't even work together. But anyway, that happens. And, um, you know, and you know that people aren't doing that. So, you know, you've worked with half-hearted people. You, you've been in a relationship with half-hearted. So we reflect the nature of God when we love wholeheartedly. Jesus didn't go to the cross half-heartedly for us. He's like, hmm, I am predicting because I am part of the Trinity. I know a lot of things. That uh, 20, 2017, I know it's going to be a tough year, and you know that person who lives down in Roville, you know, they're just going to they're just going to turn their back on me at that point. So I'm only going to give I'm only going to go halfway with this because I know they're going to hurt me. He didn't love like we love, and he's inviting us to love like he loves. He went to the cross wholeheartedly for us so that we can live a wholehearted life. Can someone say amen to that this morning? So he was willing to risk everything knowing our shortcomings. He sowed himself for three years into 12 disciples who was going to trust the future of the kingdom on earth as he fulfilled his assignment. He trusted the rest of the assignment to people who 100% failure rate. If Jesus' discipleship methods lead to 100% to failure rate, we have not got the ability to expect others to be perfect. We have to understand there will be risk, there will be pain, but God's still inviting us to love wholeheartedly, which means the risk to love is to risk, and it means I open my heart to the potential of future pain. But the benefit of loving wholeheartedly means we will receive all of the rich rewards of wholehearted relationships, which far outweigh the risks of temporary pain. 
There is damage, there is pain, there is difficulty through that. But God's inviting us into the place like he loved wholeheartedly, loving him, loving people, loving the the things that he's placed, living out the purpose of our lives wholeheartedly. So Jesus was not passionate or fond of lukewarm people. Remember the word that he associated, the bodily reflex he associated with lukewarmness? He wants us to be wholehearted. And so today, Activate Church, I want to stir in you a courage to step forward and to love God wholeheartedly. I want to stir on you today to go a little deeper with him, a little deeper with... And so God's going to take you on a journey so that you can. In the invitation, in the command is the ability that he's given us to do it. So I want us to look just briefly. We've got just a couple of moments. I'm going to invite the team back. You guys can come back and join me. And um, so how do I become wholehearted? There's a process to it. I am the worst person at process. God speaks, let's do it. But in the middle, there's a process I have found. And I'm not good at that part in the middle. I'm good at the hearing and the end outcome, but there's a process. (laughs) My wife and Mr. Tyrrell are laughing at me because they know they've worked with me. So every person's origin of brokenness is different, but we all have it. But the principles of healing are the same, and they're really simple. There's three parts. The first thing we want to do to become wholehearted is to face it, acknowledge it. It happened. It's real. It's there in our lives. There's a shortcoming. You know, you look at Jesus and Peter, the relationship that they had. Total, uh, Peter turned his back on his savior, the person he'd served and worked under and who'd sown into his life for three years, and just in, in within eyesight had totally rejected him and betrayed him. What did he do that? Jesus went to the beach and acknowledged it with Peter and restored the relationship. We have to acknowledge that there's brokenness in our life. You can keep running. You can keep busy. You can keep doing enough stuff and ignore it, but it will come. Time doesn't heal anything. Sorry if you believe that. Actually, I don't care. I'm not sorry at all because I see the outcomes of what happens when we stuff it down and ignore the issue. We say things like, just get over it. Build a bridge. No, you've got to work through it to get to that place. You, you'll get to a point where you've got, I've done enough work on that. I'm moving on with my life. God's done enough. I've done enough. Let's keep going with it. So we've got to face it. We've got to acknowledge it. And that takes a lot of courage. The second thing is we've got to draw close to God. And the third thing is we've just got to draw close to God's people. Drawing close to God, inviting him in. That takes a lot more courage. And drawing, God's, in, God, drawing close to God's people, inviting the right people, and that takes courage. But that will lead you to a place of wholeness and healing, strength and capacity, the ability to fulfill what he's placed on your life. I don't want you to go another day longer in the pain that, God's, that God can see in your life, but he's inviting you out of. I don't want you to go another day longer with the pain that's limiting and just making your life dysfunction and protecting parts of our life. And don't go there. Don't come. No one can talk about that issue. No one can talk about that season. No one can talk about that topic in our life. He has freedom and healing in him. He has strength for you. Every woman in this place, God has strength for you. He has wholeness for you in his presence. He cares about everything. Every man in this place, God is able to deal with your, the, the weaknesses in your life and bring strength into those areas, wholeness in your life. I had a photo for you, but I don't think it's available. It is? No, no, it's not. We were good, then we're not good. He didn't like it, so he's not going to show it. So, um, 
they have power, these guys. I like it. So I was going to show you a, a photo just recently, a couple of years ago, of my 40th birthday. And um, on that time, I was in my favorite place with my favorite people, celebrating the blessing of God on my life. And I was inside, on the inside, I was brokenhearted. You know, just like so brokenhearted. But I, and I'm looking at, and I look at the photo, and I'm like, my wife who loves me, which is unbelievable. <laughs> my kids who are growing up so fast and they're just amazing. I'm just so excited about their future and beautiful people around my life. I'm like, God, what's wrong on the inside here? And he took me on this journey of unpacking the brokenness. And now I can look back on that very difficult moment and go, God, you've been so good. What he took me through in my 20s to process my childhood, the pain there, he took me through over the last two years since I was with you last. He took me through this beautiful journey of healing because of some of the things that we dealt with in our journey, personal relationships, the responsibilities that we've held that were very challenging and difficult that brought me to a place of brokenness. He has healed all of those things. I want to tell you today, he has that for each one of you. He has that for each one of you. Now, there's some, here's my final revelation for you today. There's some evidence of a whole heart. I know this is not a preachy preach, But I wanted to take you on a journey today because I want to send you out so that you can be who God's called you to be, a wholehearted son and daughter. You can walk into 2019 able to live wholehearted, fulfill the things that he's placed in your life, live out the relationships that he's got for you, and you can do it wholeheartedly. You can love the Lord your God with all your heart. He has invited you and given the opportunity. So here's some evidence of a well soul. I'm going to finish with Psalm 126. It says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, the people of God, read it like that. When the Lord restored the fortunes of the people of God, who were once brokenhearted but now have been restored, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. God's designed you to live wholeheartedly and when you're wholehearted, you have the ability to dream ability to dream hang around long enough and you get things crushed and broken dreams that you once thought you think how could this ever happen well here's the God that can restore those things to life you have the ability to trust God and other people so some of us we trust God with reservation we trust others but we can wholeheartedly trust God and trust people knowing that he's bigger than any pain that can come into my life. We have the ability to step out in faith, take courageous steps. We have a deep joy that flows in our life. That is the evidence of a whole heart. Can you see how God's inviting you into that place? You can stay in the brokenness because there's real reasons for it and you may not ever get justice for it. You may not ever get what you thought would be the way to get healing from it. But I want to tell you that God's inviting you into a place of wholeness because there's deep joy. There's the ability to dream, to trust. And he has the invitation for you to live in a very powerful way as his son and daughter. So today, we access that by faith, living in relationship with God, living deeply in relationship with the people that God's placed. Just look along your row right now. Go on. This is the awkward moment. Just pause enough 
you know, where it's really sort of awkward, but then you just break the, break the gaze. These, these are the people God has placed you with. They're not perfect. Some are less perfect than others. We know that. Right. <laughs> but I'm a flawed man, but God wants to use me. He's not asking me to be perfect. He's asking me to live whole. He's not asking me to get it right all the time. He's just asking me to love him with everything that I've got. And when I fall down, he's going to pick me up. When I make mistakes with others, he's going to give me the ability to demonstrate grace and capacity to love. God wants you to go on this year not protecting your life, but loving with your life. Taking steps of courage and faith. Dreaming again, stepping out again. Activate church. What God has placed over you is not going to be achieved half-hearted. It's not going to be achieved broken-hearted. It's not going to be achieved cold-hearted. It's going to be achieved because we wholeheartedly love Him and love others. So I want you to stand to your feet this morning. We're going to... Hey, thanks for listening to the Activate Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to activatechurch.com.